Hi, everyone. This is Aisha and Julia. Welcome to Meet Me at the Bookstore, a podcast dedicated to all things bookish. Oh my god, I found my, while I was cleaning my apartment yesterday, I found my old diaries from my first heartbreak. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Embarrassing. Embarrassing yeah. to read, but also Taylor Swift, take it and make, Taylor Swift, Louis <laughs> Capaldi, Ed Sheeran, take it, write some songs. I gave Bring you so much Louis content right show and just give it to him, be like, make, make art out of this. <laughs> yeah. Just give me some, like, songwriter credit a bit for inspo, but... But I also was like, wow, I could write a whole book of poetry just off this because I'm just so lovesick. But also reading it, I was cringing. Really? Like not like- cringing? Because it, it was like my first relationship. So they were like such a tough first breakup. Yeah. But was it not like yeah, super simple to read? It was just, I, I just cringed because I was just like, wow, I've honestly grown a lot from it. That yeah, you were like, young. oh my god, it's just because I I was what twenty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When did we break up? Uh, twenty six. So yeah, seven years ago. Wow. So yeah, like significant growth. Yeah. No, I don't know what I would have been like at twenty. I wasn't dating. I was a mess. So, <laughs> but yeah, this is one of the things I was saying. I was gonna say earlier, but I was like, let me get to it on the mic when we were talking about dating. I was telling this to a girlfriend last night. I was like, you know what? Honestly. I think it was easier in college to meet people because you're always doing things, right? Mm-hmm. Out of college, like, you're maybe not as much that – and, like, fine, COVID happened, but your options are really, like, through your hobbies, work, oh, or, yeah. like, through friends at a party or a bar. And it's, like I – I know, like, you kind of were doing that at school, but it was still more feasible to meet someone than outside say, of school. I would say theoretically, yes, because I know a lot of people meet people at university. I guess I just didn't. Do we – should we go into the topic? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I guess we're talking about our feels. So we yeah. on the same line or I don't know what I was trying to say there, but like in the same vein, we will be talking about poetry yeah. today. This one, um, yeah, you had recommended our yeah. poetry queen. <laughs> really excited about it. Do we should we go into current reading or do we have anything else to introduce about? Yeah, let's poetry? go let's go into our current reading. Do you wanna go? All right, sure. So I am reading To Fall in Love, Drink This, and it is a memoir written by Alice Faring, who is a wine writer. And so the whole story, which is her life story, basically revolves around wine, but also just the story of her life and the two are intertwined. It's so fun to read. It's such like a colorful book. There's a whole host of characters. There are beautiful descriptions of her among the vineyards in France and Italy, but also you know, stateside. Yeah, I, I forget if I already talked about this book. I think I might have, but I'm still, I still am reading it. And I'm still very much enjoying it. And I'm very excited to finish it. <laughs> so I wanted to share before I get into my current reads that I finally finished Eight Rules of Love. And that was another book I took out with me while I went out for a walk. I have to say I liked the last two rules a lot better. Rule number seven was about, in a way, how to deal with like not breakups, but if that's what ends up being the best solution with your partner. So I guess in a way, I would amend my statement. It is mostly for someone who is already in a relationship, but there is some, I don't have the book on me, but there was some profound stuff. His point of the book is like how to expand your love beyond your family, then your friends, like your coworkers, like romantic love, um, your community, like just to have more love for all. And he's like, not wrong. 
because like you and I always talk about it. I think we are pretty focused on romantic love and I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with a romantic love, but it is very easy to fixate on it versus just being a loving person in general. And I guess it's like I hear you, but also it's hard because as a person I consider myself very loving and I do have a lot to, a lot to give. But it's when you've had people take advantage of that where you're just maybe a bit glassy eyed about it, where you're like really hesitant, you do have your barriers up because you're like well, I give love to so many people, but like some of them just like take advantage of it, throw it back in my face. So that's probably just a thing for me to work on. But I do recommend it. But yeah, it took me like basically two months to get through that book. Um, as for the two books I'm reading, I'm still reading Come As You Are. And we were talking about this before recording, but I am enjoying it. I really do think you should read it, Julia. It is very interesting. And I do like how she's got some kind of like quizzes and worksheets in here. I've been, I'm putting off like this one worksheet that I want to do. And as for my other book that I'm reading, it I'm finally reading Ariadne. I'm really enjoying it. I have to say, I think I like this more than Circe. Um, yeah, Julia, like had job, Julia's job dropped here. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking it a lot more. I don't know what it is. I've just, I, it's broken into three parts. So I finished part one. And I already had an idea of where the story is going because when I read Cersei, we come across the character of Ariane. It went through little wiki rabbit holes and stuff. So I knew what to expect. We'll see where it goes. But I do like this a bit more than Cersei. I don't know what, like, I feel bad that it's like, and this makes me feel like not anti-feminist for like, someone might be like, oh, you're misogynistic for like, not liking Cersei because like, she has it harder than Ariane. It's just, I just happen to like the story so yeah, far. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's it more about like the, how it's written, how it's told. Yeah. But remind me, did you read Song of Achilles? Okay. Not yet. You have to read that next on your like Greek expedition. <laughs> your greek mythology um tour but i will say what do you think about the writing like isn't her writing so beautiful for jennifer saint or i do like her her writing i think i like i definitely took some pictures of some quotes that i was was quite enjoying all right let's go to poetry (laughs) i mean again big feelings this is the perfect topic for processing big feelings in my opinion because i'm a big fan of poetry (laughs) Yeah, I guess let's start off with talking about our general thoughts on poetry and like what we like about poetry. Yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I think it's funny because I've always liked writing poetry, but I don't think I ever or I I've, I've always liked writing it and I have I've always liked reading it, but I was never super super into reading it like my whole life I think it's definitely in the past couple years it's a topic that's been revived within my life um but I think poetry is wonderful and there's so many different types of poetry on so many different subjects and you know one thing I like about it is that it's these short or sometimes I I actually like shorter poetry to be honest they can capture the moment so well they can capture specific feelings and that's one thing I really appreciate about it and you can also read poetry again and I think it's important from all over the world there's different types of poetry um I think when I was younger maybe like the whole you know I feel like Shakespeare really threw me off like not that he's a poet obviously but he's like a writer and it's like but that kind of like the long ballads and sonnets are harder for me to read I like shorter free verse kind of things personally i i'm with you there about liking shorter poems i agree with you again like about the shakespeare stuff i think going into what i struggled it was the stuff we had to read in school it was just 
Yeah. Like, obviously, language evolves. But, yeah, it was, like, the lingu- linguistics at the time, it was just making it hard to analyze for class. Yeah. I was just, like, I don't – I'm not matching what you're saying. Oh, my God. Like, I was, like, I don't I'm know sorry, what the wait. song's about. Am I stupid? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, when it'd be, like, oh, like, describing something, it's, like, is she really, like, a ray of sunshine? I didn't get that, but fine. Um, so I like – I do like more of the modern poems. And then when it comes to, like, modern poems, I, I appreciate more of the ones that are – I know it's weird, but like kind of to the point, I just, just anything that I can resonate with, I prefer that versus like an abstract one about the weather. Cool. The trees look agree. I don't know. I don't like the nature ones. Really? I love nature poems, but I love, okay, I would recommend looking or reading Mary Oliver's poem. A lot of her poems are a little shorter and they are, she draws very much from nature but it's beautiful I love nature poems but I do know what you mean about relating I think maybe because I like spend a lot of time staring at trees and flowers for some odd reason um but I agree like it's it's nice to read poetry that you relate to and things that are too abstract don't always hit for me and even really modern poems that are like a bit too it's almost like too abstract when I don't even understand where what the poem's about or like where these words mm-hmm. are coming from I find it hard uh, but again like going back to what I like about poetry I like that there's so many different types of poetry and there's so many pieces that you can resonate with uh, and then there's pieces that maybe other people resonate with that you don't um, I think it's cool to find things that you really like and just you know read so many different poets and poems because there's a lot of beautiful words out there I don't know if you mentioned this you kind of briefly did, but you prefer writing poetry versus reading it, or like that's what you happen. In a way, I think definitely when I was younger, I liked writing it better, but because I didn't know enough about other poets to really find poets that I liked and read poetry that actually spoke to me. But now that I know a bit more, I I do like reading poetry, but I also still like writing poetry so much. Like it comes, um, it comes more naturally to me. This is where I'm going to plug my poetry account, Daydream Diaries on Instagram, if you want to read my poetry. Um, but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I wanted to share, like, I kind of took a page out of your book last month where I was like, because I never really got into writing poetry. I was like, I don't get it. You know, this is what I was like making fun of myself about my diary. I'm like, Lewis Capaldi, take it. You know, like, write lyrics. Like, I was like, how do people, how does Taylor Swift write these heartbreak songs? I don't get it. And that's how I've always felt about poetry. It's like, it, I, it doesn't make sense to me. But I kind of kind of did a bit. And I was like, okay, I get it now. But I think it's because I was also reading some poetry books. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is making sense. I'm in the feels. Let's write yeah. this stuff down. And I think it's just really like thoughts in my head. That's what, and that's what I'm like. Yeah. And I think, it, again, it's, I think school really messed us up when you're reading like Keats or Shakespeare or Emily Dickinson. It's like, oh, it has to follow a specific format, yeah, structure all and all. Format, and I was like, yeah. I, I don't like, I do like the freestyle ones and I like the shorter. I don't mind the longer ones, but I do prefer like the small to medium sized length. Yeah, poems. I agree. No, I think heart like long poems are hard for me to read. I'm going to be honest, um, like unless they're like broke, like I can read like a story if they're broken up, but like one just super long poem. Although I saw one recently that I would like to read. I don't know if this is a good time for me to say it, but I was recently um, walking around the Latin Quarter here in Paris and I came across, so Arthur Rimbaud wrote a poem called The Drunken Boat, I think, or something like that. But I've only seen bits and pieces in French, but I think it's about it's about like poetry and maybe language and also a lot of like nature-y, like water references. Um, but it's a beautiful poem. Like there are like lines that really stand out to me, but it's, it's long. And 
there's this huge wall in the middle of the neighborhood and it's and he originally wrote it like there's pictures of him like literally painting his poem on this wall and obviously now they i'm sure they upkeep it and it's not like graffiti it's like very beautifully like stenciled and i'm like that's so cool and that really makes me want to read it um so maybe i will get into longer poems but that's just to say i do struggle with longer poems and the rhyming i just that's not something that resonates with me personally i hated doing that for school when it was like (laughs) this was even back in middle school i feel like when we had to like do poems i hated anything that you had to make rhyme well yeah and i because then it makes you more focused on like the superficial parts about poetry because honestly like poetry should be about like feeling and unfiltered thoughts not oh, what can I make rhyme? And the the idea is to like with language, sometimes things like when you start saying it and like speaking from what you want to say, sometimes things just happen to rhyme naturally. And then you start thinking in a way that like these words just sound good together and the rhyme is more nuanced and it just flows and you're not thinking too hard about it. It's more what you want to say, but somehow it all just comes together. And I think that's really beautiful. Did you, you have some views from when you were younger. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah, I guess I wanted to talk about I mean, our our first brushes with poetry, I think we were talking about middle school and how that kind of set us back in a way from poetry. But do you remember um, Shel Silverstein at all? I honestly don't remember any kind of authors from when I was younger. Really? Like, where the like, I also was in British school before I came to Aramco, so I had a very different uh, type of books and all that I was introduced to. Oh, okay. Yeah, Shel Silverstein is definitely American. But so we like this would be a book that sometimes we would be read to in elementary school. And so he wrote things like Where the Sidewalk Ends and The Giving Tree. And it's poetry and there's like little design or little drawings that go with them. And they're very beautiful and whimsical, but also pretty deep. I mean, like The Giving Tree is about this little this tree that like takes care of this little boy. Yeah, they're very they're very they're very memorable. I still remember it. and they we our teachers would read them to us quite a bit. And I remember loving those. I think, I mean, now that I think about it, that's a great example. And he wrote a lot of poems. The The collections of his work are pretty significant. I mean, that definitely inspired me when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I guess the only other thing that we, we mentioned, like Shakespeare and some like the English poets. And then also reading some of the French poets like Ronsard and Baudelaire, who are highly praised today and even back in their time as great poets and it's incredible that how known they are for their poems but I feel like especially these French guys wrote so much about women aging and it like really pisses me off I mean I think when I was younger I kind of was like what is this and now when I think of it I'm like no like why are you comparing women to flowers maybe don't do this yeah, just for me, it's mostly like middle school and high school. High school, I think, especially like sophomore and junior year, where it was like a lot of poetry. Mm-hmm. It was just, I did not like it at all. It was just That's not a fun cool. time. No, it is interesting how studying certain subjects in school can really put you off. Because I know that even like having to read certain books really puts you off things. And it's unfortunate. No, yeah, like. I could definitely think about books that I read. I was like, oh, God, like yeah. I don't. Like my copy of Jane Eyre, I'm like, do I even want to keep right. it? Because I remember reading right. it before starting boarding school and hating it. Yeah. But it's like, again, did I hate it because this was a required reading and I didn't right. get what was required, what was the expectations were because I was new to the school or because like I couldn't read it for pleasure or was it just a terrible read in general? Who knows? Right. No, it's hard. It Those things get convoluted. And I mean, and then that makes me think of, you know, the Dead Poets Society, the very famous film and how 
this teacher comes in and he teaches these kids poetry, but he rips apart all the classic textbooks. And he's like, that's not how we're learning. Like, this is so boring. This is not how you read or learn about poetry. And he teaches them from his own, like the way he thinks it should be taught, which is like more more organic and more natural. And these boys love it, right? And it's like, maybe it is the way we're taught. Because I feel like poetry is so intuitive to so many people, but we're so discouraged from it sometimes. I th- I don't know if it's like relevant here or not, but I'm going to throw it in because I think you were just saying stuff about like being convoluted, the stuff that we read. I think in terms of what I don't like about poetry is like when people try to be so abstract that it's like they're trying mm-hmm. to do it like as a trend or to be hippie or like, I'm a poet, like look how like deep this is. And it's like sometimes to me, the best poetry is just like so simple Mm-hmm. And to the point, I don't, yeah. I'm not a fan of ones that you like really have to think that like, oh, because a ladybug fell on your lap, that means that she's really, she loves you and she's missing you and all that. Like my brain did not connect those two. Is that really it? I get what I mean, you yeah. be, be delusional as a writer, but also like, I'm not picking up on that. Right. It's like this. you should have metaphor and symbolism and all that kind of thing, but make it make sense. <laughs> like, I don't want to search too hard. Uh, I also love, I mean, talk about there's like the things that like obviously speak to you and make sense, but there's also just like beautiful writing in general, which is why I love like nature poems or like descriptions. I think those can be so just like beautiful moments captured by words. So I do love that. Do you want to share a bit about the Insta poetry community? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I feel like I feel like poetry is having a comeback. I don't know. I feel like I know that poetry has been revived in my own life over the past couple of years just from talking to people and getting more into it myself. But I think when I look at the world around me, like more and more people are writing and reading poetry on Instagram. There are some incredibly well-known Instagram poets. I mean, I guess there's Atticus. I don't know if you've heard about him, but he has millions of followers and he's like a poet. And it is like Instagram poetry. And I guess there's a difference. I think a lot of Instagram poetry, whether authors are like cutting snippets out of their poems or they're just writing micro poetry is like a lot, is like shorter. And um, a lot of it also has to, I was going to say a lot of it like revolves around themes of like heartbreak, but also like growing and healing, which is amazing. Um, but I do like the poetry space is like not, not like oversaturated. It's like very saturated. There's a lot of people writing and sharing and reading poetry. And I just didn't even realize until I became part of the poetry community online myself. But I think it's really cool to see that. I think one of this is that this is what I said earlier in one of our early episodes, that a lot of people took advantage of the time during COVID for like creative outlets so like mm. yeah, like bookstagrams, podcasts, mm, like yeah. people uh, doing like art stuff and doing poetry. And I think what it is is that people decided, well, I want people to see it. What's a yeah. different platform to put it on? And honestly, Instagram is the easiest thing because it's free. A lot of us already had this growing up for years. We know how to use it, manage it versus having a website where like mm. we have to figure out how to create like, it, like user interface, yeah. like all that cool html stuff i don't know i'm not into that i don't get it but i think what it is it's like people are just more and more like open to sharing stuff we were saying this mm-hmm. i'm more so about like spice but people are just like yeah i have these thoughts like i want to put it out there because again during covid we couldn't really connect with anyone yeah right because of lockdown so it was really through the internet in a way so and true. so we i think this so is just like a con- continued thing yeah yeah and it definitely gave space to really process your own thoughts and like, I mean, write them down. I think I actually, I mean, I I know that I definitely started writing poetry during COVID as well. I think it was, it definitely gave me the space and the 
yeah, the time and space to write and to think about my own feelings. I think before that, I did not think about my feelings the same way as I do now, which is very interesting. Um, and, and that's to say, like, that's why poetry is so important to me. I think it can really make you depending on what you're reading like look in the world look at the world more through like feeling and like love and emotion and those kind of things yeah I think poetry is really powerful truly I'm with you about like obviously you're more of the poet than I am I'm just someone tossing down their words on a piece of paper and I'm like this looks like a poem to me all That's right poetry, it, it has been a way of like I like I used to journal like and this was more so like I think breakups that I like journaled a lot like that was like my way of processing it but it was more prose now I think it's been a way of like write a different format of writing down my feelings like I still have a diary but I think the poems that I have written it's been I feel like god like this definitely is like related to what we're talking about earlier like being in our feels and stuff we have I think I'm assuming we I'm just gonna bucket you in with like how my mind processes. like sometimes I just have like these short bursts of different thoughts and it's like they're related, but it's just like, am I good enough? I'm not good enough. Am I worthy? But it's like, they're still related, but if you can have four different poems and it's like, am I good enough? But then am I worthy? But no, I am good enough. It's just like quick flashes, I think, with poetry, like putting down your thoughts versus mm-hmm. like in a diary where you're like writing on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yes. It's like a word, like a, a word dump on paper. Yeah. Maybe. I agree. That's, and that's how I write too. Obviously, like people are different. I mean, the people, the longer poems, definitely, I guess it's like more thought out. I mean, I do like a thought out poem. It really depends. Like I do work in those short bursts. Like I write very I with like spontaneity, I guess. Like I something will come to me. Like I'll hear something or I'll see something and like words will like tumble together and I'll write it down. Or like maybe I'll be thinking about like a certain topic. And then for some reason, again, I'll hear something that like brings everything together or like a word will pop up that really ties all the thoughts together. And then sometimes I write it down and I do revise quite a bit over a while just to really get it to where I want it taking a step back but it goes back to like the longer poems when we were talking about long poems I didn't mention the odyssey like Homer's Iliad the great what are those things called like you know I'm talking about there's a word for it epics epic poems oh my goodness okay so I honestly I really struggle with epic poems I just I found it really hard to read the Iliad I mean I think it's like a really cool idea obviously and maybe I need to revisit it again like it was same idea with you and Jane Eyre it was like my first introduction to my new high school and I was like what is going on that's crazy I didn't I think they did like the Odyssey of the Iliad for freshman year yeah and then they didn't do it for a sophomore year so I never read it oh they did the Odyssey I think freshman year then the Iliad sophomore year Okay, so then they probably did the Odyssey. I, they just never did yeah. the Iliad our sophomore year. But yeah, epic poems really like because I think her. I think what it was in my high school was like freshman year. This was with like the English class and the history. Like it was like say ancient civilizations to like a certain time period freshman yeah. year to which like the Odyssey would have been, and then it was like ah. certain time period to like more more modern. Sense. So like sophomore year, it was like more stories about like i mean we did have like canterbury tales and all but See, a lot of books on like kind of colonial oh really we had yeah. to memorize one of the the paint like <laughs> sets of lines and i was like i'm gonna take a hit and i know we're not getting an a like i'd be happy with a c on this like we're taking a hit i was like i no, it's not worth it but yeah i'm glad we've made it so much further from it but that and that's the thing like i feel like yeah some like modern poetry is so different than 
yeah, the, like, you know, some of the ancient things. But that said, like, I think you do find, like, for example, I have read lines by Virginia Woolf, Emily Dickinson, Sappho, even some some of these, like, Arab poets I'm going to mention that are, like, a little, like, not super old or anything, but just from, like, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Some of the things they say are so resonant. And I think when poetry does resonate with you, it it's timeless. Oh, even Rumi, I mean, his stuff is timeless. And I think that that's the really cool thing, too, because you can, you realize, people have thought the same way about certain things for so long which and it really it can connect throughout generations it can connect you across the world I think that's really that's really cool you know I was gonna say this for like poetry we're looking forward to but it's in response to what you're saying about older poets still connecting my TikTok feed has been showing me I think I like one poem and I was like all right I get a whole bunch here so I really want to read um this Persian poet Hafiz or Hafez. Oh yeah, another, another famous. These language. are like yeah. these are old old poems, but I've been loving the Persian and the Arabic poems I've been coming across, and I'm just like these are just so, especially the ones I've seen of uh, Hafiz that I've like bookmarked. Mm-hmm. They still apply today, like these love yeah. ones or like yeah. all this, and I'm like, oh damn, he knew. He yeah. Knew. See, that's the cool thing about poetry. Um, talking about so two things there. I want to mention TikTok. I feel like I see a lot of poems on TikTok too, which is great. It's like a great way to come across poetry, especially, you know, with music and pictures. I mean, that's one way that I think modern technology is um, promoting these more traditional forms. I mean, traditional forms of writing. I mean, poetry can also be non-traditional, but I guess I think it's just another great way to share different ways of storytelling and word word art um so to speak um and then when you talk about like these middle eastern poets i think it's so interesting different cultures relationships to poetry because i know that poetry is such a big part of middle eastern culture like even i mean you yes within their song like in, within their music but also just poets in general like some of the poets i will mention mahmoud darwish who has sold out an entire stadium for him to like read his poetry in and like yes maybe this is comparable to like artists now who like arguably arguably that's their poetry but I mean the Middle East also has like their own like singers and songwriters right but like he was a poet and people again filled out an entire stadium to hear him speak his poetry and I think that's incredible maybe like the Japanese and like you know the the famous haiku like that's so cool and it just it's just an interesting way to get to know different cultures and be connected and yeah. Sorry, when you were saying this, it made me think about like where I'm from in India yeah. and related and unrelated. My when I was hanging out with my friend last weekend, so he's like from a certain state in India. Ross like is from is from that state. And a lot of people thought I was Gujarati because I did that. I was like, no, I'm not. Like my last name is a very Bengali last name. Thing of the Bollywood actress, Rani Mukherjee. But I'll get to my point in a second. This is very funny because his cousin's like, you're Bengali. You don't look Bengali. <laughs> um, because like, I guess like for some places, maybe there's a bit of a stereotype. And where I'm from in like West Bengal, like Bengali is, a, I guess the stereotype is that one, we like fish. Um, oh. I do love seafood. And so my friend to his cousin's like, do you want her to walk around with a fish? Like, will that help you make her look Bengali? Like what? But one of the things about Bengalis is that it's like traditionally Bengali people, it's like, oh, like they're um, like maybe singers or poets. Oh. And so, and I'm like, this is the funniest thing because I would always say this. I was like, I don't get poetry. Like I can't write it. I'm not. But I just like looked up Bengali poetry. And I'm like, oh my God, like there's a very famous poet 
Rabinja Nath Tagore. Yes. I know I said that's so white. And I'm like, maybe I should read some of his poems and yes. see. But yeah, let me tap into my heritage there and see Wait, what, where this love that. poetry blood is in me. Wait, I still feel that. I mean, I think that you definitely should. And I think in a similar vein, like I want to read more like Vietnamese poets. I mean, of course, Ocean Vung is very, very famous. Um, and I've read his stuff. I have some of his books. And I guess the thing is he does – it does resonate. But I have like a very different kind of context from him, I think, and very different background, family relationship. And I also – like he writes a lot about being like a young gay man, I believe, um, which like I can't really resonate with that. I mean his writing is very beautiful and obviously he he writes about like diverse subjects. And it's so cool that he's such a famous poet and he's Vietnamese as well. Um, you can like really discover so much, so much about – different places and people in your own history through poetry absolutely love that representation for us i know we kind of start talking about poetry look forward to but let's i guess maybe talk about our favorites first before we go to future yeah. thinking okay cool yeah should we go into our favorites okay so i i have like honorable mention i think i have to like move around some things but okay i feel like i need to group them to make this make sense i think i'll start off with my favorite arab poets because i've already mentioned them quite a bit and so those would be khalil gibran mahmoud darwish nazar kavani and then also i will put rumi in there even though he's like i would say like more different than those but those are some of my favorite arab poets and i think their writing is so beautiful i haven't read I have a collective a collected works of Mahmoud Darwish and I have The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, which is super beautiful. Um, and that was my introduction actually to Khalil Gibran and also Arab poetry in general. Um, so I would highly recommend that. But now I like I come across their poetry all the time, especially on TikTok, and their words are just so beautiful. I definitely need to read some quotes. I might read a few quotes after. Um, I talk a bit more of my other favorites, but I mean, these guys really knew how to express themselves. Let me tell you that. And then there's also, um, I'll, I'll talk about some famous women poets now. There's Mary Oliver, who I mentioned, who writes some beautiful things related to nature, but also it's like, it, it's like related to nature, but it's also like, it's like metaphorical a lot of the times. And I think her writing just is super, super beautiful. And that's what I really do just like beautiful words, honestly, sometimes at the end of the day, um, but also very poignant and relatable. I don't know how many times I said relatable, maybe like drink every time I say relatable. <laughs> This Sylvia Plath. So I don't love all of her stuff. Like some of her stuff I can't really connect to, but she has some beautiful writing and I do really enjoy her work. And then for a more modern woman poet, there's Nikita Gill, who I really enjoy her writing. I She has published books and I mentioned quite a while ago that I had read The Girl and the Goddess. And I want to talk about this because it is a full-on book, like a novel. And you can almost, in my mind, when I when I read it, I was comparing it in a way to the Iliad because it is it has that sense of epic poetry where you're telling a whole story. It's not just one poem or, or a collection of disconnected poems or even a collection of poems on the same theme. It's you're truly following people or a person through her story and life. And it's a novel, but in poetry form. But what I did like is that it was separated into by poems and the poems would be about a page or two pages long, which was so much easier for me to read. And I thought it was so cool. I had never read something like that before. And I also, so not only do I love her like actual novels, but I really like her her poems themselves. I follow her on Instagram. Her poetry is beautiful. So I'm a big fan of Nikita Gill. And then another poet that I discovered on Instagram is Jaya John. 
And his poetry is so stunning. It is so much about growth and healing. And he talks, I do read it from point of view being a woman. And I do feel like his poetry, even though he's a man, he does write for women, I feel like, but in a really beautiful way that I think like as he should, like his words are just so resonant and lovely. So I'm a big fan of his poetry. And then I guess I will round out with one of my favorites, John O'Donohue, who is poet philosopher very famous he's irish and like all irish people know about him because he's very very well known and he is so spiritual and i do really like a lot of poetry that has like that spiritual that has like a lot of spiritual messages um i, I mean like not all poetry i read that has to but i mean that's also like with Rumi. it's so there's that spiritual aspect there but john o'donohue's writing is just so beautiful and it really to me that's what i read when i want guidance and when i want like hope <laughs> an inspiration so I'm a big fan of his and we've talked about him we've both read Amon Kara so he writes other things that are not strictly poems but yeah those are just a few of my favorites I really did like John O'Donoghue's um I think it's like his friendship blessing Mm -hmm. um I think that's the first one I was like this one I don't have as many as you because we're only like slowly getting into poetry so I don't yeah I don't think I like specific people to share it's more topic so I am enjoying ones that are more about like healing or of the feminine and I mean I talked about this I think one of our past episodes recently that I was reading Glass Hearts and Broken Promises and that's just about like heartbreaks and I'm not trying to say my sad girl vibes but it's just that they resonate and I think those are the ones that I prefer to read and not because it keeps me in sad girl vibes because they don't but I think what it is like they show growth and I like that Mm-hmm. and just that they're good reminders that I am awesome yeah and I think but that's that's why poetry is so beautiful they can it can really support you in you know in in times when you you need support um and it can really help it can really like help guide you and your healing and your self-growth like that's what I find I think I mean both writing and reading poetry is so like helpful to speak in very utilitarian terms I also have a few honorable mentions that I'll talk about I mean William Blake and Robert Frost to add some white men because no one else I've mentioned has been a white man um but do we do we well John O'Donoghue oh true true but That's I was just like do we need to add a white man to this yeah, list we, just to diversify it do we no I mean I I do actually like certain of their poems they're they're in my honorable mentions because I don't love all of their poems but there are some bits like I've always actually really loved um the path not taken by Robert Frost like I've always really liked that poem when I was younger I think those that was one of the few poems that did really speak to me that was popular enough for me to have known it without doing so much research or reading into poetry as a kid and I also really like I don't know it might still be the same poem but the one that's like about fire and ice that you know that one line anyway I mean this sounds stupid but I so he, I do really like his writing actually and I do like Blake's writing like some of it like I, I haven't seen too much but he was a romantic and I love the romantics disposition towards life and how they were all about like feeling and just like romance in the t- in terms of like whimsy and describing and living a beautiful life which I am all about that as well should we talk about what we're looking forward to? Yeah, do you want to go first? Sure. So yeah, look, what I look forward to, yeah, Nikita Gill, I know you had recommended her when I came. Actually, this time last year, I was with you because you were celebrating Megan's birthday. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Nikita Gill, um, like I said, more books on love, healing, relationships. But yeah, bringing it back to Persian Arabic poetry, I saw one Hafiz poem. I'm horrible. I just said, wait to share your poems at the end. I'm going to share a quick poem. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> 
I I was just going to share one of why I wanted to keep reading him. It was, I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in darkness, the astonishing light of your own being. Yeah. Yeah. I love poetry. I like I yeah. like this. Yeah, I, yeah, I like him, and I'm vibing. So we'll keep I reading. Read I want to I want to find. I want to find more of his stuff. So yeah, yes. No, I, it, I love that type of poetry. It, that type of poetry really speaks to me. It seems so. How do you? How, how should I say? It? Like I love poetry that really seems like channeled in a way. Like it, it's just so beautiful. Okay, so some poets I want to read. There's David White, who has been suggested to me like multiple times, and he. I think it is also like quite like spiritual in a sense. So I'm excited to read him. I also have a collection called Dangerous Women by Kakugawa, a Japanese author. But I, there's a chance she might have grown up in Hawaii. I pick up quite a few poetry books and when I'm in Hawaii. But she is Japanese. And I really like the theme of that, you know, being a dangerous wo- woman and all. And I also recently picked up a primer for poets and readers of poetry by Gregory Orr. And so this isn't exactly poetry, but I'm excited to approach poetry from more maybe like academic a more academic sense I guess like going back to it as we said we've kind of been discouraged in our academic pursuits of poetry but I want to approach it again now that I am much more excited about it as an adult so <laughs> should we wrap it up a bit yeah oh no this is this was a fun one for me I think it's like again different to just like your everyday books but I think it's a topic that is not trending but I think people are more and more interested in poetry as they should be and I am excited to see more and more people read and write poetry I am one of those people who is coming in this second wave of yes (laughs) poetry fanatics (laughs) I love to hear it I've like been seeing, seeing a lot on TikTok that again are like love our heartbreak stuff and I'm like yeah. bookmark and then later I'm like add to Goodreads I know uh, same here I love that TikTok is a great way to promote poetry as is Instagram um, and, oh. and, and, and no well well this is what the US government like needs to realize TikTok is just showing us books to add to our TBR or just funny video templates of famous people that we think are hot or book characters that we're obsessed with that's literally yeah, what it is harmless harmless really to our audience what are some of your favorite poems or poets to read who do you recommend to us did you learn any new ones from our chat today learn of any new ones because i can speak proper english occasionally <laughs> when i try all right well thanks for listening as always and we'll see you next week we want to thank you for joining us today and hope that you'll continue on this bookish journey with us Don't forget to rate and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.